Why are we still here, John? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, let me bring up my material here. Yes, the Duffer Brothers. I want to talk about that. That's among other things. Uh, where did I keep my material? Oh yeah, my workbook file. Okay. So, uh, you guys hear about this Duffer Brothers thing? So I saw this headline uh, from Variety saying, uh, Duffer Brothers accused of, um, of abuse on set, specifically the abuse of women. And this, uh, this involved... I mean, that was the thing. It, it got into no further detail than that. Which is ridiculous. It was based... Hold on, let me just fucking coordinate myself here. The brothers. The Duffer brothers are the two directors of Stranger Things, the show on Netflix. Every episode is directed by the same two brothers. The Duffer brothers. And this controversy started from a Instagram post that was made by a female grip on the show. Um, I got to bring up the post itself because it's so fucking cringy. Give me a second here. Uh, it makes my teeth itch fucking reading it. Okay. Here is... Uh, this is the Instagram post that was made by the female grip on the Stranger Things set. I guess there's no better day than hashtag National Women's Day to say hashtag Time's Up and announce that I will not be a part of the filming of Season 3 of Stranger Things. Why, you ask? Because I stand with my sisters. I personally witnessed two men in high positions of power on that set seek out and verbally abuse multiple women. I promised myself that I've... I were ever in a situation to say something that I would. I have 11.5 thousand followers who can hear me say this. Time is up. Women in the film industry are powerful. We will rise and we will scream from mountaintops <laughs> in support of each other. And I will not contribute my time, efforts, and talent to such abusive people. No evidence yet, mind you. Anyway... She goes on. There is too much going on in this world to be regressive. Yeah, no fucking shit. There are too many amazing and highly respected men in respective positions of power that I have had the utmost pleasure of working beside. Those are the people I want to surround myself with. Those are the projects I want to be a part of. This industry is no longer led by, uh, quote, few good men, but instead by an ocean of astounding women. <laughs> enough is enough. For my sisters, time is up. Hashtag time's up. Hashtag the abuse stops now. Hashtag on to bigger and better. I'm not fucking joking here. This is, this is a part of the post. Hashtag stand up for what is right. Hashtag women empowerment. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag lady grip. Hashtag sisterhood. Hashtag Ayatsi sisters. Hashtag we will be heard. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag this pic says it all. 
just like a, it got, it has its own paragraph at the end. All these fucking hashtags before even getting to the evidence or anything anecdotal. You know what I mean about what exactly the fuck happened? It's like no, let's just get straight to the hashtags. Oh, my sisters, stand with me, my sisters. Female empowerment. Time's up. Your time is up. So f this fucking sass. Based on nothing. I mean, nothing that you've like... How about going into specifics? On what the fuck happened? Because you know what a film set is like, right? Const and it, it's an, it is an environment of constant pressure. So, yeah, there might be some yelling. And I, in my, I tweeted about this earlier. I basically said, uh, look, this kind of shit happens on film sets all the time. Sometimes it's ego and it's unwarranted. Or sometimes people aren't doing their job properly. And in an environment where time is literally money and time and money are both at stake, like some somebody might get yelled at if they're not doing their job properly. They're not going to go, oh, you rascal, let's get someone else in here. They're probably going to get frustrated. It's like, you were supposed to do this fucking thing and we're on a schedule. Do you know how much money we've, we've spent today? It's like, come on, do the thing. So, like, maybe they were abusive in their conduct. Maybe their conduct was inappropriate, but you've provided no anecdotal evidence. This whole fucking thing just reeks of attention-seeking and outrage generation for the sake of it, you know? And of course, since journalism and media is a complete fucking joke right now, they're, they're all going to, like, reach for that as a headline. It's like, oh, everybody's going to love this. The creators of Stranger Things are now being accused of abuse. It's like, oh my god, not Stranger Things. I love that show. Ah! That's what the world's doing right now. And they know it. They t fucking take advantage of it because you can monetize that shit. That's what it's all about nowadays. News is in direct competition with entertainment. And it's no not news anymore. It's just bullshit. It's all bullshit. Especially since the means of production of news went to the individual. You know, it's one of the negatives of, t of technology. And it's, it's a real negative. It sucks. Fake news, fake news. So, the Duffer Brothers today released a response to the accusations. And it was pretty, it didn't go into specifics of what it might have been. It basically just said, we were really disappointed to hear that people were really upset working on the set, and that's not what we want. And uh, Netflix apparently conducted an invest investigation Whatever the fuck that means. Like, Netflix has its own FBI-style agents or something. And they f apparently they found no wrongdoing. But uh, the, the Instagram post is still there. It's still online. It's just that the comments have been disabled now. So she can still you know, put this source of fucking outrage out there, but now she doesn't have to deal with any of the fallout of people actually commenting on the thing and asking her questions such as, hey, what the fuck happened? 
Oh, how convenient. Comments are disabled now. But you still have the nerve to keep the post up there. Hashtag time's up. Fuck off. That's so stupid. Anyway, that's that's the brothers that's that's the, the brothers thing that pissed me off. Anything that's gonna generate an outrage headline. Oh god, the Stranger Things directors are abusing women. Is nothing sacred anymore? We all love Stranger Things. Say it isn't true. Sounds like they have nothing to hide, John. Yeah. I mean, they were probably on a tight schedule. They had a shot that they want, wanted to get. Somebody wasn't doing their pro job properly. And they got angry. And then they went to whoever was responsible and probably raised their voices a little bit, trying to get what they want. But it's like, tell us the details. Don't just immediately jump to, oh, well, women got yelled at. Whether or not they were doing their job, women got yelled at, and women are always victims. So, we gotta do something about this. Time's up. Hashtag time's up. <laughs> How, you know, I don't subscribe to the idea that women are constant fucking victims. Like, isn't this ultimately demeaning to them, this kind of shit? A woman can never be scolded for not doing her job. Because she's a woman. Women should never be yelled at because that's automatically abuse. Careful you don't become an edgelord, John. I'm just saying what I think. Am I an edgelord now? You'll end up getting demonetized with this rant if there's a stray... Social justice warrior looking around to get offended. <laughs> Whatever. You wouldn't get yelled at if you would do the one thing you were paid to do. A man would get yelled at just as much if he didn't do his job like you signed up for this. Yeah. I've been yelled at. Quite a bit. It sucks. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Sometimes that was because of someone else's fault. Sometimes it really was my fault. But it was never because I was, like, being deliberately lazy or negligent. It was just because, like, like, I didn't know any better. It's like, oh, I was supposed to do this that way. Whoops. Okay, I'll fix it. You know? But that, like, holds up production so they, they can't help but get a little frustrated. Right? Even though they know, like, well, he's doing his best, but, you know, he's he's a newbie. You know? So he's got... Things to learn. I laugh every time John says time's up and I can't help it. It's because I do that little head wobble. That fucking sassy thing women do when they think they're right. Time is up. Your time is up. Or, the, or a dramatic head swing. Time's up. Hashtag time's up. <laughs> We got to tiptoe around everything, dude. Yeah. John, you've always been an edgelord. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, and women are less likely to get yelled at by a man than a man yelled at by another man. Yeah. 
you forgot to clap your hands in between words as well. <laughs> Time is up, people. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. You should have Master Chief talk to a feminist in an episode, XD. Yeah, I have uh Well, not exactly that, but I have this an I this idea where the toys eventually get some attention with their uh videos that they're making online and Chief books a podcast like uh like he manages to land like some time on a podcast where they can talk about their content the toys and arbiter's like oh that's great but then they get on the podcast and arbiter realizes that chief unknowingly booked uh, a meeting with a it's like a white supremacist ultra racist podcast and i like i would play the podcast guy and i'd be wearing like a kkk hood and there'd be like a crucifix on fire behind me. <laughs> and I'd just be like, uh, so when when did you guys agree that uh, to look out for your Christian brothers and realize that we're like, just all of this have seen racist shit. And then I'd have a moment between just the toys where Arbiter just slowly looks at Chief like, this is what you got us into? Chief's like, what? <laughs> anyway, that's coming up. This is some edgelord shit. <laughs> I don't care. Is that a bad thing? It's not bad to be edgy. You just got to do it. There's a, there's a good and bad way of being edgy though, right? You sh what the, di the difference between that good and bad is usually, is it funny or not? If it's not funny, then it's badly done. Edgelordiness. John, careful not to cut yourself on that edge. Ow, the edge. We live in the edgiest generation. Well, it's it's a resistance to this fucking PC culture that's just sweeping everything. It just sucks. Thanks for your podcasts and content, John. It has really helped me over the years when I've been in times of difficulty. You have never failed to make me laugh. You're the best. Hope you're keeping well. Thank you, buddy. I'm glad you're... You're always laughing. That's good. That's what I try to do. Gotta laugh. You gotta learn to laugh at things. That's the worst thing about these PC assholes. They're just so... A lot of them are just so fucking humorless. You know? It's like, where's your sense of humor, God damn it? Don't you laugh? Ever? <laughs> You're just on this... Always on some fucking constant, like, uh... What do you call it? Um, you're always fighting a battle, you know? It's always a siege where you got to exterminate all f any scenario where somebody gets their feelings hurt, somebody gets offended, you know? Thoughts on the Oscars? Oh, yeah. The Oscars. I want to talk about that too. So, um, I fucking hate the Oscars, right? Everybody hates the Oscars. They just suck. But I watch the Oscars all the time, nonetheless, every year, because it is a celebration of cinema, ultimately. And I am a lover of cinema. And so it's like, what else are you going to do? You know, sit home and jerk off. 
Or, you know, it's like the Oscars are on. Why not watch it? Besides, they might fuck up again. Spectacularly. Like they did with Best Picture last year. That was fucking hilarious. When they they brought up all the cast and crew from La La Land and then they announced Moonlight right in the middle of that. That's fucking awesome. I was like, I hope they screw up like that again this year. But, you know, it was, it's like... They addressed that right at the beginning. You know, Kimmel was, you know, one of his first jokes was about that. He's like, well, he, here's what happened. We're not going to repeat that again. And I'm like, ah, shit. I was worried that they might have their shit together this time. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like NASCAR. It's like party watches for somebody to get in a horrific car accident. Something blows up, you know, driver's severed head lands in your lap. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that'd be terrible if that ever happened, but, like... But with the Oscars, it's like, who who cares, really? I mean, it's just funny. I mean, if any of the, like, La La Land cast and crew were to permanently carry a grudge because of that, like, I would just think, dude, lighten up. I mean, it's, it's a fucking award show. Like, does it really matter? What matters is that you made a movie that was good and resonated with a lot of people, right? I mean, that's what you get into that business for, is not to win awards. You do it for the work and, you know, the people you're working with, you know? But uh, they had they had Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars, and... There were parts of it that I found funny. He had a few good jokes, but it was mostly kind of tame and lame. Just, you know, just dull overall. Like, I want I want Ricky Gervais to do the Oscars. Did you guys see him doing the Golden Globes? I thought he was great. He did the Golden Globes in 2012, was it? That was the first time he did it. And they kept having him back, despite like a little mini scandal arising every time. Every time after he hosted one of the the Golden Globes, you know, the, at first there'd be outrage because it's like, how dare he make fun of us based on facts? <laughs> but then a little later, it's like, you know, that's exactly what we need. You know, is is someone like him poking fun at everything and. And he he brought the sh that he brought those ceremonies ratings and viewerships, like so. Of course, they're gonna have him back at the end of the day, you know. I would have liked it if Ricky Gervais hosted the Oscars, or at least someone with some balls to like make some scathing jokes about the industry and you know poking fun at people and because there's just so much ego involved in the Oscars. The Oscars is a ceremony that really needs to lighten the fuck up and stop taking itself so seriously. It'd be it'd be way more tolerable to watch, I think, if it was. And there's just that yeah, that, that that was a big problem. Like the Oscars is not funny enough and there's too much agenda pushing. It just it feel before the thing even fucking starts, it just feels like it's a checklist of things to you know check boxes to tick off it's like harvey weinstein uh black lives matter black panther even though black panther isn't in this fucking bracket of films it's like they can't help but fucking mention it every five minutes 
they got to wedge it in there in every fucking like uh, little film montage that they they used to intercut with the with the actual on stage material. It's like Black Panther will have its time next year. Don't you just like just hold off, you know? I mean, Black Panther's probably going to get a fucking Best Picture nomination next year. Is that not enough? No, we've got to spend a substantial amount of this year's Oscars, even though it's not the right bracket, talking about Black Panther just because, oh, it's so inspirational. Because, oh, black people, hooray. I don't know, man. What do you guys think? Did Did you guys like the Oscars? Bill Burr hosts the Oscars? <laughs> yeah. Bill Burr would be pretty good, I think. Just somebody who's not so weak sauce as, as Kimmel, man. He's just He just feels like a puppet for whatever the agenda of the year is, you know? And then uh, what about the winners? The, uh, the awards themselves, I was pretty happy with. I thought, for the most part, all the awards that were given out were the right call. Most of the time I was going, yeah, I agree with that. Sure. Except for one. It was the award for uh, best editing. And they gave it to Dunkirk. And that was the only one that I raised my nose at. I was like, hmm, I don't know about that. I mean, sure, the movie was well put together. But uh, I remember there was specifically problems with the editing that I had with that movie. Because Christopher Nolan tends to do this intercutting thing in all of his movies. Most of the time, it's fine. But in Dunkirk, there were parts of it where it annoyed me, where I wish it would just stick. Like, the movie would just stay in one set piece at a time and then wait until it's over and then just go to the next set piece instead of cutting at climactic moments at in each set piece and just going back and forth. Because you just kind of take the foot off the gas pedal every time you do that. You know what I mean? It's like that, you know that scene in Dunkirk where the guy in the fighter plane crashes in the water and his cockpit is filling up with water? And like, it's really intense. It's great. But then it, it cuts from that to some other climactic thing. It's kind of like in a movie where it's like you have the final fight between the good guy and the bad guy. And then they've also got to intercut uh, between the good guy's love interest and whatever other chick is in the movie to be an antagonist to her. It's like in Die Another Day, that James Bond movie where Pier- Pierce Brosnan fights that Korean dude who had a ethnicity change operation, and then they cut intercut that with Halle Berry having this stupid fight with like another antagonistic chick in the movie I hate that kind of intercutting it's like just stay in one because you preserve the intensity that way it's like if, if they were in Dunkirk if they were to stay in that moment where the, the the pilot's cockpit is filling up with water and just followed that till its conclusion you would have fe- felt really immersed you know it's like you're in the cockpit drowning with him it's like oh shit what's gonna happen you know if you cut out of that there's a huge drop in tension right there. So anyway, that that's the reason I was like, I don't know. If, 
I mean, I suppose if you consider that good editing, it was well edited. But I, for me, that just kind of took a lot of tension out of it. I had a lot of problems with Dunkirk in general. Just I had trouble connecting with the characters. Dunkirk felt like a ride more than a movie, like a Universal Studios ride where you just get blown up for two hours. Blown up for two hours, the movie. That's what they should have called it instead of Dunkirk. Guy gets blown blown to shit, the movie. Um But yeah, all the other all the other awards. Best picture, I don't know if I was hoping three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri would get it over Shape of Water. But I wasn't upset that Shape of Water got it. I'm like, yeah, okay. Because overall, like across all different departments, like the production design was obviously excellent. It was well edited. The performances were really good. That music was really good. I think that movie won for best music too. Um, yeah, that was, uh, it's like overall across every department, a spectacular film. And it's like, okay. I guess if that's how you're going to judge best picture, like what excels in the maximum amount of departments, it's like, sure, give it to that one. Even though I kind of liked, I liked the story in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri the best. Those editing complaints from Dunkirk remind me of Star Wars The Phantom Menace's final finale slash third act. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It, I don't remember it bothering me, though, in that in that movie as much. Like, I shit on the Star Wars prequels, but, like, I didn't absolutely hate them. I mean, they are bad, I think, but, like, like that lightsaber, that end f fight at the end of The Phantom Menace. I mean, it was kind of stupid with Anakin Skywalker in the plane unwittingly blowing everything up and saving the day but like uh i thought the lightsaber fight was pretty cool um the fight with darth maul was good enough for me yeah yeah i agree i liked it you just don't understand the genius of the movie you don't appreciate art you dingus oh oh are you talking about dunkirk or Shape of Water. John, do you wish you... John, do you wish to go relive the glory days? Wish I could turn back time to the good old days. What does that mean? In what regard? I don't really want to go back to my childhood, really. I mean, there's definitely a lot of good in my childhood that I miss, but there's too much bad, and I don't want to touch that. I'm glad that's gone, over and done with now, you know? It's like, if, if you're going to time travel, go back to the good old days, you got to take the bad with the good, and it's like, no. No, that bad was pretty bad, and the good is good, but not good enough, you know? Come on, John, ever get mistaken for an older version of Jake Lloyd? 
I have been compared to with Jake Lloyd. I I seriously got mistaken for somebody by somebody mis mistaken for in a coffee shop. Somebody thought I was the Tony Soprano's son from the Sopranos, Robert Adler, the guy, the kid who plays Tony Soprano's kid. I've been compared to what's his name, Aaron Paul, Breaking Bad. Simon Pegg. All of these insightful comments, and you pick the two most meaningless comments. Sounds like classic John. I pick out whatever catches my eye. Sometimes I'll see a question where I don't want to answer deliberately. But most of the time, it's just whatever catches my eye. Because there's a lot of them, in case you haven't noticed. People that left Machinima shit talk Machinima, lol. That doesn't fucking surprise me. That's like half this podcast. Me shitting on Machinima. <laughs> Those motherfuckers. Let me tell you something else. We figured that out, Lamau. <laughs> Holy shit, Aaron Paul makes Arby and the Chief. Oh, you got it. John, where's the donate button? I don't have one, but you can go to patreon.com. Can I donate here on Twitch, John? No, I don't have that set up. Hey, thoughts on the recent Nintendo Direct? Oh, I didn't watch that, actually. I guess that's where they made the Super Smash Brothers announcement for Switch. I should check that out. I haven't watched that yet. Well, what what was there besides Smash Brothers? Because that's the only thing I heard of. Anything else that's cool? I imagine there's not going to be a, another Zelda or S Super Mario for a while. Uh. How was working with Machinima like? Uh, and for a long time, it was it was fine. I mean, besides being overworked, like there's there's types of videos and shows that you can produce on a weekly basis. Arby and the Chief wasn't one of them. I mean, if you ask me anyway. I mean, I, for stretches of time, I did put it out every week. But that that was really, really hard. And my life suffered for it. And I never left the fucking house. And if I did, it was to work all day. You know? But it just, it really got sour towards the end. Because that was when I tried pitching my new show to them and they just didn't respond to my emails. That was their way of letting me go, was just not responding to me anymore. It's like, really? I fucking... I, I, the amount of success I've helped you gain... And you can't even bother to fucking send me an email explaining why you don't want to work with me anymore. I don't give a fuck if it's all new staff and they don't know me. Like, delegate. You know, get someone to fucking deal with me. Professionally. Anyway. 3DS port of Luigi's Mansion. Wait, is that... 
are they putting Dark Moon on the Switch or are they putting Luigi's Mansion from GameCube on the 3DS? If so, that's that's kind of cool. I love Luigi's Mansion. That's awesome. And Dark Moon is really good too. The sound design in Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon, is fucking incredible. I'm surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it won some kind of award for that. Like, if you listen to Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon on 3DS with headphones, it sounds fucking incredible. What's John's thought on Chris Chan? Yeah, I know who Chris Chan is. Uh, for the longest time, I felt sorry for the dude. I thought he was just, you know, doing his thing, making comics, and people were making fun of him and stuff. But then somebody was saying, like, you stop defending that asshole because he was, like, going around pepper spraying people in the face and shit. I'm like, oh, that's not good. So I, I haven't, I don't know exactly what happened there. But, uh, I don't know. The guy's got problems, it sounds like. GameCube on 3DS. Okay, well, that's cool. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought that to Switch, too. I'm surprised there's no kind of, like, 3DS Switch link-up thing. I mean, maybe there is to a degree, but I was expecting a little more integration. I don't know. It's kind of like how the, the PlayStation... Vita or whatever works pretty well with uh, the PlayStation 3 or 4 or whatever you have. Like, you can remotely play shit on it. I don't know how good that is, though. I mean, is there any kind of video game streaming thing? Like, streaming to a wireless device, like display device that doesn't suck? Because, like, I remember that got popularized with the the Steam Link thing. But it it works, but with, like, a 10 millisecond ping. And if, if even that is enough to, like... Like, if you're playing something like Call of Duty, you can't use a streaming service to play that. Because it's, like, there's a, there's a slight delay in the aiming and the shooting where it's, like, nope, fuck, fuck that. I'll just always get, constantly get killed, so there's no point. I mean, they really need to, like, fix that if that's going to be a thing. Like, there can't be any fucking uh, button press delay. Otherwise, it's pointless. And it's good for, like, uh, like story-driven games where the precision doesn't matter. You know? Like a bunch of shit on Steam. Indie games. Game Maker Studio is getting Switch compatibility too. Oh, that's cool. Like, as in, you can play Game Maker Studio games on the Switch, or you can actually, like, use the Game Maker Studio software on the Switch to make games. And I guess you'd you'd need a full mouse and keyboard interface to input to to do that, right? Guys, how do you think John CJG feels about incels? Oh, I heard about this. Someone told me about this last stream. Incels are like, uh, what are they, like people who 
uh, declare celibacy and but their reason for doing it is because they hate women because they can't get laid in the first place or something. I don't know. John, hunt down the Freeman. What are your thoughts? I've heard vaguely about this, but I don't really know what the story is there. Is that like a fan-made thing, or is that an announcement from Valve about something Half-Life related? I mean, everybody's given up on Half-Life 3 at this point, right? It's it's not that, is it? Incel stands for involuntary celibacy. <laughs> involuntary celibacy. Okay, so they're. It's not their choice. Even though it is, really. Well, unless you're so fucking physically repulsive that you can't attract a woman biologically on any level, then I guess you're fucked. But I think a lot of the time it's down to just poor uh, confidence. Confidence is so much of it. Like if you if you're talking to women and you just believe in your in yourself that you're the shit, women will pick up on that. You know, even if you're a little deficient when it comes to like uh, your looks, maybe you're a little bit overweight or maybe you're not pulling in that much money. Just be yourself. Well. The best version of yourself you can be. When people say just be yourself around women, they don't mean a fucking slob eating Cheetos. You know? You gotta fucking, you know, inflate yourself a little bit when you're talking with women. You know? Not in like a... The the, the aim isn't to be disingenuous. But just like... Uh, Alpha, you know, strong, confident, saying things with power in your chest, you know, say it with your chest, <laughs> you know, women like that shit. John, did you watch the Nintendo Direct? No, I didn't. I got to check that out. John CJG dating expert. Hey, I'm not an expert, okay? But I think I do know a lot of shit. So if you have any questions, I can try to answer them. I do have a little bit of experience. John, give more dating advice. Well, what kind of what kind of advice are you looking for? What are you having trouble with? Don't be a beta cuck like Arbiter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That guy's got it. John, turn up the fucking volume. Oh, then my audio is going to be all inconsistent. I'll just talk closer to the mic. i to get more comfortable here. Actually, it is a tad quiet. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. All right. Testing, testing, one, two, testing. I don't know, it's pretty high. It's like peaking at around negative six. Why don't you just turn your fucking volume up? 
I'm going to talk closer to the mic. John, how much did you spend on the pickup artist university? <laughs> I did I did read I watched a number of documentaries and videos on uh the uh that that guy mystery the the famous pickup artist who was at the center of the book called the game written by neil strauss which is all about gaming women and i think there's a there's a misconception when it comes to pickup artistry like women and a lot of you know male allies of women most of which are creepy they'll look down on pickup artistry as like oh you're just taking advantage of women you know it's just that's that's what slime balls do it's just all slime balls who who practice uh pickup artistry and it's like don't don't try to do that with me like uh, that's what a lot of women will say it's like don't don't do that with me you can't pick me up i'm not a I'm not a canvas for you to to perform your pickup artistry on. Just talk to me like a good like a normal human being. What they're not realizing is that uh like women can't help but appreciate when you do when you game them properly. I mean it's, it sounds like this is like a superior inferior system where it's like the inferior women are preyed upon with this pickup artistry. But what true pickup artistry really hinges on is being a good person who women want to be around and who women want to talk to. That's what real pickup artistry is. And you're telling me that's a bad thing? Seriously. I mean, think about that. And what's the alternative to not having good game with women? I guess never reproducing, and then the species dies. Great. Good job. You see what I mean? It's like, of course women want to be swept off their feet. They dream about that all the time. They fantasize about some guy coming around and just wooing them properly. But that's, that's, that's where the art, the artistry comes in. You know? It's like you game them without them even kind of realizing it, or at least not drawing attention to it, you know? There's a layer of abstraction that needs to be present whenever you're trying, you're, whenever you're courting women. Because if you ever explicitly mention the idea of having sex or whatever, that'll turn them off. It's like, nope. But if you're constantly, like, playing with them and, you know, I don't want to say innuendo, but, like, there's like a layer of abstraction between the idea of sex and everything that you're saying. You know what I mean? That's always keeping them interested. Courting woman. Yeah. Why is that funny? You're quoting me as if like that's a stupid thing to say. Human beings have something that's known as a courting process. It's the period of time in which a man tries to get a woman a woman into bed. I mean that that is that's a part of life. So I mean, why not just why not put a label on it if it if it always exists? So, let's call it courting. 
I mean, I, f- I feel like a bunch of you guys are like listening to me thinking I'm talking a bunch of fucking gobbledygook here. Was this the wrong hat to put on? Should I put on my fucking tinfoil hat instead? Because I'm a conspiracy theorist with all these crazy fucking ideas. Respect whamon. <laughs> hey, I respect to whamons. And if you don't respect to whamons, you're a misogynism. Sometimes, especially with hot girls, acting a little disinterested works better. Yes. The, the extreme form of this is negging. Sometimes, I mean, it's people frown on that term, but sometimes it fucking works with some women. With some women who are just so out of everybody's league that they think they're the shit. So all of a sudden, if they run into a guy who's not paying them much attention or less attention than they normally would receive, that gets their attention. They're like, oh, what's this guy about? He thinks he's better than me? Oh, we'll see about that. And then that starts a conversation, you know? And then the guy might actually get somewhere. It's not always a fucking bad thing. I mean, you you can go too far with negging, like, if you if you start dishing out insults. That's just in poor taste. You don't do that. But if a woman is so fucking far out of your league, or seems that way, or she has an attitude that suggests that, just paying her very little attention might actually work in your favor. John, have you ever not been a cuck? A long time ago. Women are lizards, John. (laughs) The globalists are taking over. How did this all get Alex Jonesy all of a sudden? I didn't even mention his name. You're right, though, John. I get it. Thank God. An affirmative comment that's not just fucking sarcasm or taking me out of context or trying to piss me off. John knows so much about women. Wow. (laughs) Wow. John, you're going to help me get laid tonight. Oh, well, good luck with that. Truth nibba brings truth. Yeah, nibba. I'm sure that's what you meant. That's the word you meant to type. Brings truth. Autistic cuck audience rejects. (laughs) Yeah, you're all cucks. That's the real problem here. You're all saying I'm the cuck. You gotta look inward. The real cuck is you. All of you. You have to make the stream more spicy, John. You must ejaculate on stream. It's a little too spicy, don't you think? Maybe John was a grill this whole time. All this women talk, but John has yet to bring a woman on here. Oh, yeah, and talk to all you guys, right? I'm sure that's what a woman wants to do. Get back in the kitchen. What are you doing on camera? What are you doing on John's podcast when you should be ironing my fucking shirts? 
Get back in the kitchen, you fucking whore. <laughs> Make me a Sammy. John avoids the comments calling him a liberal <laughs> because he's afraid to admit it, like the cuckold he is. I don't know what I am politically. I describe I used to describe myself as a liberal back when I naively thought that being conservative wasn't cool, but a lot of the celebrity celebrity intellectuals out there on the internet are making conservatism cool again. So I don't really know where I lie. And I th I'd like to think I'm somewhere near the middle. Leaning which way, I don't really know. Probably left-leaning still. We'll all pretend to be Ugandan knuckles if you bring a woman on stream. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring a Nigerian woman on my stream. That'll go down well. Do you have Ebola? Does she know the way? You bring someone on podcast to show us the way and she does not have Ebola? I'm not a racist, okay? You know, somebody will take that out of context. It's too late now. My career is finished. John voted for Hillary. I'm Canadian. Jesus Christ. Demonetized. Oh, shit. What other things do I have to talk about? Um... Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, some more movies. I wanted to talk about the Death Wish remake. Did you guys see Death, Death Wish? Directed by Eli Roth, starring Bruce Willis. Got panned by the critics. But uh, the audiences, for the most part, loved it, and so did I. I remember, like, I first heard about it, and I was excited. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And then I saw the critic score. I was like, oh, really? Come on. I wanted that. I, f I was really hoping that would be good. But, you know, I thought, hey, it's entirely possible that the movie sucks because, you know, Bruce Willis is getting old as fuck now. And, you know, he doesn't have the energy that he quite used to have. I mean, fuck, he was brilliant in the in the good old days, the 80s. When Die Hard came out. Welcome to the party, pal. You know? It's fucking brilliant. But, like, uh, recently, he's, you know, he doesn't have that quite that same energy that he used to have. So, I thought, man, it's entirely possible that, you know, his performance is fucking ranging on being comatose in this new movie. And I figured that's why it was getting panned. But uh, I'm reading the reviews, and a lot of them are, like, politically charged. Like, it's about, it's, the movie is being perceived as, like, a negative message regarding gun control. Or, you know, negative in terms of what uh, the left thinks. And that uh, this is the worst possible time to put out a movie like this in, in this age of, 
school shootings that we're living in and you know this debate on you know the sale of automatic weapons is it a, is it something we should keep is it something we should get rid of and it's like uh this is totally the wrong time to put out a movie like this I, and i'm of the way of thinking where it's like if putting out the movie stirs up this much debate it's like maybe it's the maybe it's an ideal time for it you know because I don't, Death Wish isn't, I don't think, I guess it's, it comes from this fear that, you know, you put out a movie like Death Wish that revolves around a, a hooded white guy with a gun taking out the trash, so to speak, and going around just sh shooting people, you know, that some psycho is going to be like, Hey, Bruce Willis has got the right idea. <laughs> go to a gun store, buy all the same guns he did, and then just go out and start shooting black people left and right. Um, and it's like, well, why make any mo any violent movie then? Because, you know, there might be some psycho out there who's going to try and replicate it. You know? And it's like, this isn't the first movie to be put out in the theaters that's about a white guy going on a, a killing spree in the name of revenge. There's a lot of movies I love that are exactly that premise. And a lot of the times they have high critic reviews too. But it's just fortunate for them that they, I guess, were released at the, the right time as opposed to the wrong one, which is now. But like if... What the... The score should be based on whether or not it's a good film. Is it a good film or is it a bad film? You know? And the fact is that Eli Roth's Death Wish was pretty well put together. It, it For, for a director like Eli Roth, it demonstrated a, a, a surprising amount of restraint on his part. Because Eli Roth is the type of guy that really likes to relish in like the gore, sickening gore and like appalling shit, you know? And there's a childish part of me that really appreciates that side of him, you know? I'm glad there's directors out there that do that kind of thing. Uh, but, so I'm watching this Death Wish movie, and I'm like, oh, this is good. This, like, it's a proper first act that sets up the character as, like, a surgeon who, like, he's a surgeon at the start of the movie, right? So he's fighting to save lives. And he eventually transforms into a character who takes lives away. So I'm like, oh, okay, they're they're setting this up properly. Like, he's a pacifist at the beginning of the movie. He doesn't want to kill anybody. And they set up the relationship with his family pretty well. And uh, um, it was decently cast. The performances were pretty good. Bruce Willis was okay. He wasn't terrific, but he wasn't terrible either. He brought, let's say, a satisfactory amount of emotion to the to the performance, like just enough for me to be able to like stick with it, you know. And I'm like, fair enough, considering his age. Fuck it, I guess that'll have to do, right? And uh, the inciting incident where his family gets killed is actually r really unsettling. Like I really enjoyed it. You know, and it takes a lot to fucking unsettle me. So, like, I think Eli Roth did really good there. 
And even after that moment, it takes its time building up to the point where Bruce Willis actually goes out, buys a gun, and starts shooting people. Like he doesn't re- he doesn't know anything about guns, so like it, the movie takes its time to like establish him like buying a gun, getting familiar with guns, doing gun training, learning how to dismantle it and stuff, and uh, um. The, and the kills are, for the most part, creative and shocking. And it's just good action filmmaking, you know? And it's it's a focused story that hits nearly all the right beats. Uh, what else? It, it, it's, it's very self-aware, too. Like a lot of the the negative uh, criticisms of the movie by you know so called critics, uh, it's about um, how the movie is just so irresponsible, you know, to put out a movie with this premise and this kind of political climate. But uh, it's a very self aware movie, much more than those those reviews would have you believe, because intercut with all the violence are like footage like news footage and new footage of podcasts and stuff of people hosts and guests alike talking about bruce willis's character it's like they call him the uh the grim reaper it's like the grim reaper struck again how do we feel about this well i'm glad there's someone out there taking out the trash and uh it's like yeah he's shooting black guys but uh that black guy that he shot specifically was a drug dealer and he was dealing drugs to kids it's like they they tried to they were careful with it you know they, it wasn't just completely insensitive to all the gun violence that's happening out there it was self-aware it knew it understood the political landscape and it operated within it anyway you know but there's so many of these critics they just don't want to see a movie like this put out at all it's like no this isn't the time this gun control is a serious issue well Gun control has always been a fucking serious issue. Does that mean we're going to lower all the scores of every movie like this into the fucking ground? Like, the movie gets like 15% or something, which is so fucking inaccurate. It's like it was a good fucking movie. It doesn't deserve 15%. Anyway, that's, that's my review of Death Wish, and that's what I think. I wanted to talk about that. I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. It's a refreshingly competently made action movie. So don't don't let don't listen to the critics. Go see it. If 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 you like revenge movies and you like action movies and you like Bruce Willis like I do, go see the movie. It's good. You'll probably like it. Did you watch that new Jennifer Lawrence movie? Or are you talking about Red Sparrow? I haven't seen that yet. I do want to see it, though. Thoughts on the Venom trailer? Oh, yeah, I watched... Uh, I talked about this last... My last stream. Um, really looking forward to it. Tom Hardy's awesome. He's probably going to be really good in that role. But I wish the teaser trailer would have shown off Venom. Because it's like, yeah, we don't need more of this, like, teasing the appearance of Venom shit. Because we got enough of that with S- Spider-Man 3. You know what I mean? The trailer for that, where it, sh- it has that one clip of, uh, what's his name? From fucking that 70s show. <laughs> Who they 
genius in a in a in an active genius cast him in the role of Eddie Brock. And uh uh it's like they gave you a little sneak peek of what the venom in that movie would look like. Topher Grace, yeah. But it it wasn't quite like at least that was something, you know? Now cut to present day with Tom Hardy's Venom teaser. It doesn't even give you a glimpse of what Venom looks like. It's like we don't need you to withhold this. It's like just show us. Because, like, you know, after the failure that was Spider-Man 3, that's the big question. Is like, well, what's it going to fucking look like this time? So you're going to withhold the appearance from the trailer? That's that's the image everyone's waiting for. Why not just put that at the very end? I don't know. Maybe they need more time and visual effects or whatever. But anyway, I'm excited about it. It's going to be cool. John, have you seen The Foreigner with Jackie Chan? Not yet. I heard it was pretty good. 